So what I'd like to do for you today is actually lay out a roadmap to your next big basketball breakthrough. And what you'll find as you navigate your career after listening to this talk is that every major breakthrough that you experience in your game actually follows the same series of steps. And if we can get really clear and understand these steps and uh, this roadmap that we'll be laying out here, it kind of gives you this sort of x-ray vision into your basketball career so that you can engineer these breakthroughs a lot more frequently and ultimately grow and develop a lot faster as a basketball player. And what I want to be clear on right up front is that when I say breakthrough, it's a very different beast <laughs> from progress, okay? Progress happens sort of in this linear fashion. You get a little bit better and a little bit better. A breakthrough is this full system upgrade in your performance. And so um, the best way I'll describe this is like if you've been struggling to play as well as you know that you can and you're struggling and struggling and struggling game after game. It's not quite clicking. You're, you're not quite playing as well as um, the talent that you know is inside of you. And then one game you show up and it all comes together. And you're finally playing like the player that you've always known you could be. And then the next game you show up and all of that fades away and you're back to struggling again. That player in that one game when you showed up and everything came together for you, that is the breakthrough that I'm talking about. And the breakthrough would mean that you become that player permanently and play that way all the time. That becomes your new default level of performance. And <laughs> taking this one step further, you'll realize that even when you break through to that next level of performance and it becomes permanent for you, there is going to be another level and another level after that and another level. So for as long as you play this game, you will have to face these challenges and then these breakthroughs. And so that is the process that we're going to lay out for you in today's talk and hopefully give you that superpower of engineering your own breakthrough in basketball and making it happen a lot more frequently. So I'd like to start this off with um, a quick story that's going to lay out exactly how you're going to experience these breakthroughs. And th this happened in my seventh grade season. So End of my seventh grade year, I was kind of on the edge of being uh, a starter. I started some games, didn't start other games. I was in competition with our other shooting guard on the team. And so I'm like the fifth or sixth man, depending on the game. End of the year, provincial tournament, I end up being sixth man. And I'm ending games, big games, like the most important games of the season, on the bench, watching my team uh, take us through the playoffs. This is the most frustrating feeling that I've ever had in my career up until this point. And I'm very young, but I am like fed up with it. I'm thinking to myself, next year has to be different. I am not ending games on the bench watching my teammates play. I need to be out there. I need to be showing people the player that I can be. That wasn't happening for me. And so I remember like after our final game that year, I'm going home in the car with my parents after we lost with this knot in my throat, not only because we lost, but because I spent half the game on the bench watching other players play and, you know, wanting to be out there, but not quite being good enough. So I'm saying to myself on that drive home and even before, like when I was sitting on the bench watching these games happen, I'm thinking to myself, next year is going to be different. This is going to be the biggest off-season of training I have ever constructed for myself. And so I, my motivation has never been higher. And I'm thinking, okay, Monday morning, I'm waking up early and it is starting. However, <laughs> when Monday morning finally rolled around, I hear the alarm clock go off 
and I think to myself, you know, I, I know I need to get training, but NBA players usually take time off after the season. And nothing against, again, like <laughs> this is me speaking now, nothing against taking breaks. We actually recommend taking very strategic two-week breaks throughout the year. But at this point in my, in my career, this wasn't the right time for me. However, <laughs> I wake up Monday morning and I think to myself, you know, NBA players take breaks. And so I, I'm going to give myself maybe a week, two weeks to rest, and then I'll come back and I'll, I'll start my training off that way. So I'm fresh, right? So I spend a week, two weeks, I can't remember exactly how long it was, uh, basically like biking around the neighborhood, hanging out with friends, chasing girls, doing, you know, seventh grade boy stuff. And after two weeks, I'm thinking, you know, kind of feeling a little bit guilty, frankly, <laughs> thinking, okay, I need to start my training. So once again, Monday morning rolls around and I get to work. Monday goes well, Tuesday goes well, Wednesday goes well. Halfway through that first week of training, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I've done so well. I've got all this momentum. I'm feeling good. I've kind of earned a day off. <laughs> and so maybe I take that afternoon off my workout and just hang out that day. And I'll get back to it Friday and Saturday. I'll, I'll train really hard. But towards the end of that day off, I'm thinking, you know what? Now I, I'm kind of feeling guilty. Maybe I've just blown it. I've ruined it. I've, I've ruined my train. I'm just going to start over from scratch on Monday. Let me just start over. <laughs> So I take Friday off, Saturday off, Sunday off, and you can see where this is going here. Monday, get back to work. Monday goes well, Tuesday goes well, Wednesday goes well. Thursday rolls around. I take my foot off the gas once again, and I think to myself, I've blown it. I have to start all over once again. <laughs> and this happens the rest of the summer. I go, I'm on this roller coaster to nowhere. I get a little bit of momentum, fall back down. A little bit of momentum, fall back down. Like, tell me if this sounds familiar. I think we've all gone through this in different ways. It's sort of like the person who's trying to lose weight and says, you know, on Monday, I'm going to start my diet and go to the gym and they're doing well. They're eating, they're eating clean. They're exercising until they get hungry. They get some cravings. They eat that first donut and then it all goes downhill and they fall off the wagon. They have to start all over again. And it's this cycle to nowhere, right? Well, <laughs> needless to say, my eighth grade year, I show back up. I'm essentially the same player. I think I got a little bit better because like physically I developed a bit. Um, that was pretty much it though. I definitely didn't experience the big breakthrough that I wanted to have. And the reason for that, and really this was my first experience of something that I call resistance. And I am borrowing this term from an author named Stephen Pressfield, who uh, has some really wonderful books that I'll recommend at the end of this talk. So stay tuned for that. But um, resistance is essentially, I call it like our internal breaking system. And what is happening when you're facing this inner resistance towards either getting started or keeping your momentum in your training and not falling off, or even at the moment of breakthrough, which is another animal altogether. I'll get into that in a moment. When you're facing this internal resistance, I can't quite get going. What is happening is there is this um, inner battle between your need for survival and your need for growth. Now, survival means essentially things stay the same. You want to stay nice and safe and in your little comfort zone where you're not threatening to your teammates, you're not threatening to their status on the team, you're not shaking anything up, you're like just kind of lukewarm. It's not hot, not cold, you're just kind of in this safe zone, all right? That is 
really good for surviving. And we have um, throughout <laughs> like our evolutionary wiring, it is built for survival. We also have this higher need for growth and for evolution and to actually get better and to experience life and basketball and, and everything to do with it on in bigger and bigger ways. So there is this battle going on. And the first thing to understand is that with growth comes new uh, danger, so to speak. This isn't the same danger as thousands of years ago where, you know, if you're growing into like an alpha male in the tribe, you actually need to face danger like jaguars and lions in the jungle. And um, like there was real evolutionary danger thousands of years ago, but today there's not. However, there's danger to your ego. <laughs> there's danger to your way of life. Maybe like, and really get acquainted with these dangers. And this is really important here. Okay. So think about this. If you go from being the player that you are right now to suddenly being the best player in your city, state, province, wherever you are in the world, what dangers might come about? Well, you are going to face more criticism from other players for sure. You're going to face more criticism from the media, social media. You're going to face the toughest perform the toughest challenges every single game. You're going to have the ball in your hands, more responsibility, the toughest matchups. You might get lit up one game by another player and it's going to be on you to shut him down. Your coach and teammates are looking at you like, why can't you shut him down? And there's all of these kind of pressures that come about. And you might be saying, you know, I'm willing to deal with those pressures. Like this is what I live for, right? This is like our job as high level players. However, it's still a danger. And there's still fear there. And so what you realize is that resistance is born out of the fear of the thing that you want most. There are, <laughs> resistance happens and that feeling of like, I can't quite get going or maybe I should just slow down. These in This internal braking system engages out of a deep fear of what happens if I grow too fast? What happens if I actually become this like NBA all-star someday and I'm facing the scrutiny of the media every single day and I'm flying all over the world and dealing with like um, managing my family by long distance and all of these challenges and like injuries that come up and there's this craziness. What if you play professionally in Europe and you're dealing with an entirely new culture that you've never grown up in if, uh, if you grew up in North America? That's real, like that's real fear, okay? Acknowledging first of all that that is a real fear, those things actually exist. And yes, I would venture to say that they're worth it. <laughs> they're absolutely worth it. However, it's still fear. And so that resistance is born out of fear and your internal braking system is your evolutionary wiring saying, no, 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 stay safe, survive. Don't, don't grow too fast, just survive. So this is what, this is the battle that's going on inside of us. And what I, I want to point out here is that the bigger the breakthrough you're facing, like let's say you are going from high school to college basketball and you need to break through to this new level of performance in order to play at the highest level in college, the bigger the breakthrough you're facing, the bigger the danger there is to your ego, responsibilities, and so on and so forth, everything that we just mentioned. And so the bigger the resistance will be to actually creating that breakthrough for yourself, that is an indication that the reward is something worth, um, worth going after. And so uh, put another way, put more simply, the bigger the breakthrough, the bigger the resistance will be, the bigger the fear, 
the bigger the reward. <laughs> okay, it's sort of like um, you could almost see resistance as a compass to where you need to go. If you're feeling resistance towards doing it, chances are that is the thing that's worth doing. If you, you see like um, really small experiences of this, if you walk into the weight room and maybe you need to like do a set of heavy back squats, for example, I don't know if your um, squatting's right for you or not, just an example. But uh, you might feel resistance towards going into the weight room and doing leg day because that is painful. <laughs> Seriously, like it's it's really painful. There there are many workouts that I threw up during leg day, <laughs> many many times over many years, and every time there was resistance to doing it. If I got into an ice bath after training, there was always resistance towards doing it. There was always this feeling of I don't want to do that. That's going to be uncomfortable. And the same goes for like, I don't want to match up with that player because he's just like, what if I get lit up and everybody's looking at me and I get embarrassed? That's the same resistance. It's the same fear. It's this fear of discomfort, whether physical, mental, emotional, doesn't matter. It's the same fear, the same resistance. Okay. Understand that. So once again, the bigger the breakthrough, the bigger the resistance will be the bigger the reward. So using this resistance as a compass is very important to navigating your next breakthrough. And as you navigate it, I want to give you this, um, this roadmap, this series of steps that, and things that you are going to face. Okay. So number one, there will be resistance towards getting started. The same resistance that I faced as a seventh grader on Monday morning when I woke up and I said, you know what, I'm just gonna take a couple weeks off <laughs> when I didn't really need a couple weeks off because I wasn't playing a whole lot for the team. However, um, once again, resistance towards getting started. So that's actually like getting the ball rolling. It's sort of like pushing a boulder to the top of a hill so that the momentum can actually carry it back down to the other side. It's hard to get that thing started, but once you get going, it's much easier. So that is the first stage of resistance. The second stage is resistance towards maintaining and increasing momentum. And so that's the resistance of having Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday go really well, and then Thursday saying, ah, oh, let me just ease off. <laughs> let me not execute the workout that I wanted, that I planned on doing. And by the way, I wanna point out here, there. <laughs> Don't take these examples too, too literally, because again, when I say back squatting or taking two weeks off or, um, you know, taking Thursday off or whatever, these are just examples that will illustrate the point here. I'm not actually commenting on whether you should train every single day or do back squats or not take two weeks off. Like there's, there's a time and place for all of that. Okay. So don't take these literally. These are metaphors that will illustrate this point. Okay. So once again, to get back on track, <laughs> We have resistance towards starting. Number two, we have resistance towards momentum, easing up, taking your foot off the gas and slowing down. So there's gonna be a resistance when you really start picking up speed because the speed is scary. This, the rate of growth is, can be scary. The third is actually the, the most terrifying. This is the fear of just the moment before you break through. There's going to be, uh, if it's a real significant breakthrough, there's going to be this moment of like terror, actually. And a, a teacher put this to me. Um, she, she gave me this beautiful analogy. She said, the caterpillar goes into its cocoon as though it is a coffin. So the caterpillar enters its cocoon as though it is, a co uh, as it is going to die. 
And that is true. It is the caterpillar-ness is dying so that it can become a butterfly. And every significant breakthrough, if it's real, the old version of you is dying so that the new version of you can be born. There's all of these metaphors that are really beautiful throughout all of mythology and human history, the phoenix rising from the ashes, the um, again, the caterpillar into a butterfly. These are really instructive about what's actually happening, death and rebirth. Um, like this is what's happening on an internal level. So with every breakthrough, there is a death of the old you and a birth of the new. That's, that can be terrifying. <laughs> There's a real, real fear. What if my current group of friends stop liking me because I've evolved past them? Like this is something that we will all go through if we grow fast enough. I've just recently kind of lost one of my like best childhood friends and we just are so different now. We've grown at different rates that we can't see eye to eye on anything. That's a painful reality, but um, you know, the, the growth is ultimately worth it. You know, it's ultimately worth it. And it's not right for either of us in this scenario to, um, fake a friendship that we no longer feel like the natural course of life has, has taken us apart from each other. And these are the realities that you face as real transformation, as real breakthroughs happen. Okay. So once again, resistance towards starting, once you get it started, the resistance towards maintaining momentum, and as you pick up speed and you reach, reach this critical velocity, there's a moment of terror right before you fully break through. That moment where the, you've ha you're having a great game and the ball is in your hands and the, the clock is ticking down and you're down one, all eyes are on you. <laughs> you have the ball in your hands for that last shot. And there's that moment of terror. If I make this shot, it will be remembered by all of my teammates for the rest of my career. And they will look to me as the man in these situations to go to. So like, do I break through or do I pass it off? <laughs> that is the moment of terror that you're facing. And it will require you to enter into that cocoon as though it's a coffin so that you can emerge a butterfly. Finally, there is this huge moment of release at breakthrough, at the point of the moment after breakthrough, I should say. So when the butterfly emerges from the cocoon and sails into the air, when that ball goes through the mesh and the, the stadium erupts and there's this huge release of pressure. And it's sort of the, the old saying, like pressure can make diamonds or bust pipes. That is the moment of breakthrough described exactly. Pressure creates diamonds. And to like forge yourself into that diamond and become what you truly are requires a lot of pressure. So it's this pressure and release feeling that you'll have as you um, get start. There's the pressure before getting started, the pressure as the momentum builds, the pressure right before the breakthrough, the breakthrough happens and there's this huge release. And then finally in stage five, there is a stabilization and an integration that needs to happen. This, this stabilization and integration means you kind of get your surroundings. Imagine like going over to play in the EuroLeague and suddenly you're acclimating to this entirely new culture. You're acclimating to your new apartment that the team bought you and your new teammates and the language. You're learning like little words here and there so that you can get by and maybe order a coffee in the mornings and uh, pay for a cab to get to the gym. Um, things like that. You're, you're like... Uh, mapping out your surroundings for yourself. 
that is the integration happening. It's becoming comfortable with your new level of status, your new level of ability, your new level of performance in the world. And it's important that you allow this comfort to um, stabilize and integrate so that it becomes permanent for you. You don't just immediately chase the next breakthrough. No, you give yourself space to stabilize, okay? So once again, I've, I know I've repeated these a few times, but they're, they're important. So I'll say them one more time quickly. First of all, resistance towards getting started. That's the Monday morning alarm clock going off, getting started and getting that ball rolling. Resistance towards momentum building. That's after you know a few days, a week, a month of really good training, keeping that momentum going and doing what's necessary rather than easing up and taking your foot off the gas before the big moment of breakthrough. And then at the moment of breakthrough where you're finally gonna step into the player that you're meant to be, there's that terror of like, no, let me turn back. <laughs> it's the, the final boss in the video game analogy or at the level of the video game where you have to take on this boss and he's bigger and badder and scarier than any boss you faced before. And you have to take down that boss in order to ascend to the next level. That is the terror at the point of breakthrough. You go into the coffin as though it's a, or the cocoon as though it's a coffin. You break through, there's a huge release, you sail through the air as a butterfly, <laughs> to use that analogy again, and then you stabilize. You get used to flying through the air, you get used to your new surroundings, your new status, your new, um, like you orient yourself to this new level. So that is the roadmap. And again, there's a, a, a pressure and release that's happening here, but um, there's a few points that we really need to clarify here. And this is going to give you that X-ray vision that I spoke about because actually, like how do you actually combat that resistance? This is a big piece. So what you will notice is that at every stage, there is going to be resistance, of course. That resistance will take um, can take any number of forms, but the most common one is rationalization, okay? Rationalization <laughs> is that internal braking system taking the form of uh, an argument or a negotiation in your mind that talks you out of doing the thing that will bring about the breakthrough. So this is the voice in your head as you hear the alarm clock go off and you know you've got a big workout to do or you know the schedule says leg day and you're dreading that like heavy set of squats that you have to do or um, you're you know, talking yourself out of taking the last shot because you're afraid of the consequences if you miss it. It's this rationalizing system that, that um, engages in your mind at each level of resistance. And the, the stronger the resistance, the more convincing that little voice in your mind will be. And I, I once came across this interview, I think we actually put it in the deep game of Kobe Bryant, um, a little movie that we put together. And Kobe said something really interesting. He said that the ability to um, not listen to the arguments of your mind, that to not negotiate with that voice in your mind is actually what separates the people who do great things from those who never do great things or do great things inconsistently. Those who, can, who are consistently excellent and great and achieve uh, like all-time great status, those are the people who win those negotiations in their mind. And what I would say much more um, accurately is that don't negotiate at all, 
okay? This is the key to overcoming resistance, is that there's no negotiation whatsoever. When that resistance takes the form of rationalization and there's that voice in your mind telling you like, oh, maybe just take this day off, maybe just ease up. If it's like there's something on the schedule and you know you need to do it and your mind starts to talk you out of it, that mind is like the slickest lawyer or con man you've ever come across. Like it will come up with the most convincing, comforting, uh, most well-articulated argument you could have ever imagined. And it will, if you allow it to talk you into doing something, it will do it. <laughs> like you will not beat, you will not win that negotiation, okay? So the cure for that is to simply get into motion. The cure for resistance and rationalization is to get in motion. When you hear that alarm clock go off and it's time to get out of bed, the cure for the resistance that you feel towards getting out of bed is to actually swing your legs over the side of the bed, get up and get moving. It's not to talk yourself into uh, feeling good about getting going. Just do it no matter how you feel, <laughs> right? Like get in motion and the feeling will follow. You'll feel much better as you go throughout that leg workout that you've been dreading. You'll feel much better about it. Your, your, uh, your body will engage, your nervous system will engage with it and you'll feel better after you get going. It feels the worst before you get started because you're dreading it, right? So motion is the antidote to resistance. At every stage, that five-stage roadmap, where the, whether you're getting started, getting momentum, uh, and keeping momentum, whether you're like finally at that stage of breaking through, motion is the antidote to resistance. And so motion is what brings about breakthrough. And regardless of how you feel about it, what that voice in your mind is saying, the... <laughs> The game is not to talk yourself into it and to hype yourself up and to motivate yourself. It's just simply to get moving, all right? <laughs> Literally just get moving, just do it um, is the Nike slogan for a reason. It's like, no, just don't talk about it, just do it, okay? Turn your mind off, <laughs> in other words. Um, another po point of advice I'd like to give to you is that in the early stages especially, but at all stages of, of that roadmap to breakthrough that we outlined, make your criteria for success, not how well the workout went, how many shots you made, or um, even how well you played in the pickup game, no. Your criteria for success, if you're serious about long-term breakthrough, your criteria for success is showing up. If you show up and do the work that you said you were gonna do that you know needs to be done, that is, is a success. If you didn't hit a personal record on that back squat, if you didn't shoot particularly well that day, that's secondary to actually showing up and doing the work. So as long as you show up, like the, this is an old trick of, of writers, writers who deal with writer's block frequently. Um, the trick to overcoming that writer's block is actually just to show up and start writing. And there's a I can't, I think it's Neil, Neil Gaiman, actually. Um, I think it's him. I could be wrong on that. But he has this rule for himself when he's writing that all he has to do is sit in the chair. He doesn't have to write, doesn't have to do, um, doesn't have to like create the story at all. His only rule is to sit in the chair and not do anything else. You don't have to write, but you can't do anything else. And he's found that simply showing up and like, uh, <laughs> not even necessarily putting this high standard of expectation on the work that day, but just simply showing up that day 
is enough. And for long-term growth and long-term breakthrough, eventually, if you stay there long enough, the breakthrough happens. And so <laughs> make your criteria of success simply showing up. The antidote to resistance is motion. Um, I'll repeat this one more time. Um, when you are waking up in the morning, <laughs> the game is not to convince yourself that you are so motivated to get out of bed and you feel great and like, let's uh, talk myself into getting out of bed. No, just get out of bed, <laughs> regardless of how you feel. Before you have a um, cold shower or an ice bath, which I totally recommend, by the way, there will not be a single day <laughs> that you want to get into the cold. If you try to talk yourself into getting into the ice bath or getting into the shower, you'll never get in. That voice will talk you right out of it. And you'll come up with any number of reasons to crank that, the temperature hot again, and just be in that nice warm shower rather than the freezing cold shower that's going to stimulate recovery a lot better. So don't talk about it. Just get in. Shut your mind off and get in. Get in motion. That is the antidote to resistance. And um, <laughs> well, finally, th this comes to mind. Right now, I actually had a lot of resistance to recording these talks. There's a series of talks I'm giving today, and I had a ton of resistance towards doing it. I was thinking maybe I'll just go for a walk and and like think about it. I had, um, I actually had breakfast this morning. Maybe I'll give myself time to digest it. Or um, there's some other work that I need to do. Maybe I'll just do that other work. Instead of all of that chatter in my mind, I just turned on this light, turned on the lights back there, um, turned on the camera and started talking. And there was a few takes that weren't so good. So I shut it off and started again. And I stayed in motion long enough. I think this is like the fourth or fifth take. And um, I just stayed in motion long enough. And finally, here we are at the end of this talk. And hopefully I have given you the roadmap to your next big breakthrough as a basketball player. Okay. So motion is the antidote to resistance at all stages. And one kind of cautionary, um, cautionary piece of advice that I'd like to give to you is if you take all of this hyper literally and you start to, con there, there is a, a real danger of confusing resistance with genuine exhaustion, all right? So this is not an excuse to overtrain and burn yourself out, no. Don't confuse resistance with exhaustion. Our goal here is breakthrough and growth. It's not necessarily always to constantly be working. It's only to do the work that is necessary to be done. When I say like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday went well and Thursday I took off, the critical point is that if I actually scheduled an off day for Thursday, it's fine to take that day off. But if I had scheduled workouts, it's not, okay? So we do whatever will stimulate the most growth, not necessarily what... Um, we don't necessarily just chase the highest volume of work blinded, all right? So don't confuse resistance with exhaustion. And it can sometimes be very hard to tell the, the difference. Sometimes your mind will tell you, you know, I'm exhausted. Like I've, I've worked hard all week. I don't want to do this workout. I, I'm fatigued. I, I've got to take today off. And there's a really powerful little test that one of our players came up with. I, I want to read this to you. He posted this in our forum recently. This comes from Brian Lita. Um, who's a very experienced practitioner of the deep game. And so he put this beautifully. This is his, his post. Here's how to know if you're burned out or just resistance slash laziness slash I just don't want to do it syndrome. <laughs> okay. If you don't feel like doing that workout, do it anyway. The feedback will tell you. 
If you feel good about yourself after and you're energized, it was just your brain giving excuses. If you still feel like crap and it took everything out of you, then it's a good chance that you are burnt out. So once again, motion is the antidote. If you're not sure whether you're just experiencing resistance or it's genuine fatigue and exhaustion and, and even burnout, do the workout, show up, do it all the way to the end. And once again, as Lita said, if you feel really good and energized, like partway through or at the end of that workout, then it was just resistance. If you still don't feel well and you still feel even more exhausted, then it's a signal that you should take a little bit of time off, recover, and then come back afterwards. All right, so don't confuse resistance with exhaustion. This is not a talk about how you must always be working nonstop. No, like <laughs> we, we strategically take breaks here, but it's a, it's, a, it's a really delicate balance with resistance, okay? So along those lines, have, as promised, a few book recommendations for you here. Um, some of these are on the deep game reading list. If you're a member, then you'll recognize these. Maybe you've even read them. Uh, we've handed these out at camps in the past, actually. But uh, I'll just show them to you now. They're all by this author, Stephen Pressfield, who kind of popularized this, um, this term, resistance. So the first one is The War of Art. This is what I recommend reading uh, first, actually. Um, don't be confused by the, the title, The War of Art. Your art form applies to whatever you love to do. So basketball may be your art form in this context. The War of Art will sort of acquaint you with this concept of resistance. Turning Pro is the next one to read. These are like pretty small little books. They're very easy to read as well. They're enjoyable to read. So definitely pick these up. And then finally, the last one is called Do the Work. I took off the little cover that they have, but yeah, Do the Work by Stephen Pressfield. So read those three books for sure. Again, be careful with this, not to confuse resistance and exhaustion, not to mix these two things up. But um, this is a really, really powerful roadmap to kind of install into your framework and ultimately to bring about these breakthroughs much more frequently. And as a rule, I, I will repeat it one more time, the antidote to resistance is motion, okay? So I hope this helped you out and I will see you in the next one. Hey, it's Coach Taylor. I hope you enjoyed today's talk. And if you did, the best thing to do right now while it's fresh in your mind is head over to deepgame.com and take our free masterclass where you'll actually learn all eight laws of the deep game and all of the fundamentals that you need to know about the part of basketball that is played with the mind. This is something that our players have called the best hour of basketball learning of their lives. And I think it's going to be so powerful for you. So once again, this is totally free of charge. Head over to deepgame.com now and I will see you over there.